0: <clears> the <throat> Hello there. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I bring you greetings from the St. Paul Baptist Church. And of course, it is Bible study. Uh, Thank God it is Thursday. I'm looking forward to sharing with you a new uh, set of lessons over the next several weeks. Uh, We're going to be focused on uh, First Peter. First Peter. First Peter has five chapters, five chapters. And we're going to be focused on that writing because that writing is a writing of, reasons that you and I are engaged in the things that we do as far as the work of the kingdom is concerned. The writings that uh, Peter has presented before us that we're going to be studying over the next several weeks deals with the reason why we have hope, the reason why we've been saved, the reason why we may have to suffer, the reason why we are called to grow. All of this is encompassed in this first letter uh, that uh, Peter is writing as far as to the various Christians in the diaspora of Asia Minor. And so I'm looking forward to talking today and focusing on First Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. It is very, very rich. And I'm looking forward to really unpacking this uh, for all of us in a very meaningful way. Uh, before we get started, though, let's have a word of prayer. And of course, just want to, um, before we get started, just give a major shout out to the team here at the St. Paul Church, our staff, uh, our men of valor, our parking ministry, our custodial team, and uh, Elson and Karen, particularly for all that they have done as far as setting up and helping Atrium navigate uh, the COVID vaccination that we are having here at the church. So I just want to give them a major shout out. I mean, there are lines I've been told all the way down Allen through, um, uh, through to Piedmont. So um, we are trying to be a blessing as far as the community is concerned. And I just want to uh, give everyone a major, major shout out, uh, but particularly Atrium Health for partnering with us so that we can uh, help our people uh, who may be somewhat hesitant in getting the vaccine and who may not have access to getting the vaccine to be able to get it. So major shout out to them. Let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to engage in a new study as far as your word is concerned. We pray right now, God, that by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit, you will illuminate and enlighten our minds, our hearts, our spirits, so that we can uh, hear, read, understand, and apply what we gather and glean, as far as this moment of study is concerned. Show yourself mighty, oh God, and strong. Uh, God, help us to become what you desire for us to be, and that is disciples of your son, Jesus Christ, making a difference as far as this world is concerned. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, and in his name we claim it done. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, so I want you to do me a favor if you would. Uh, Turn to your Bibles to First Peter, First Peter, First Peter, chapter one. We're going to focus on verses one through twelve. First Peter chapter one, verses one through twelve. And I'm going to read it as far as um our hearing is concerned. I'm going to have you all to highlight, circle some words and highlight some phrases. And uh, then we're going to, you know, do a deep dive. We're going to do a deep dive. So I'm very excited about this opportunity. All right. So first, Peter starts off like this. I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Word of God. Uh, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. I want you to underline the phrase elected according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in the sanctification of the Spirit. I want you to underline sanctification of the Spirit and for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. I want you to underline the phrase obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Then I want you to circle the word foreknowledge, of foreknowledge, sanctification, and obedience and sprinkling of blood. Circle all of those words. Grace and peace be to you. Sorry about that. Grace and peace be multiplied, to you be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Highlight the phrase, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant Mercy. Highlight the phrase his abundant mercy and then circle the word mercy. Has begotten us again to a living hope. I want you to highlight the phrase a living hope and circle the word hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Highlight the phrase the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and circle the word resurrection. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. I want you to highlight that phrase. Who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. If you would highlight verse five, circle the word power and faith. Verse six, in this you greatly rejoice, though for though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Highlight the phrase, you have been grieved by various trials. Circle the words, various trials. Verse seven, that the genuineness of your faith, highlight the phrase genuineness of your faith. Circle the word faith, draw a line from the word faith in verse seven to the word faith in verse five. Being much more precious than gold, highlight the phrase precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, highlight the phrase tested by fire, that may be found to praise, honor, and glory, At the revelation of Jesus Christ. Highlight the phrase revelation of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Circle the phrase, the salvation of your souls. Verse 10 of this salvation, and if you would circle the word salvation. Draw a line from the word of salvation in verse 10 to salvation in verse 9. Of the salvation of the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. I want you to highlight the phrase the spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he was testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Verse 12. To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent forth from heaven. I want you to highlight the phrase, those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things which angels desire to look into. Underline that phrase, things which angels desire to look into. All right. Now, we have done the markup of our passage. Now let's go ahead and do explanation and exposition. In the first verse, Peter, an apostle of Jesus. Now, of course, I don't want to take for granted that you already know that this is the apostle Peter or the chief of the apostles. This is the same Peter who denied Jesus. This is the same Peter that cussed the little girl out in um, uh, while Jesus was being whipped. This is the same, Jesus, same Peter that watched Jesus from afar as he was crucified. This is the same, Jesus, same Peter that ultimately spoke on the day of Pentecost and 3000 people were added to the church. This is Peter known as Simon that Jesus brought back into the fold and he's now doing a great work as far as the work of the church is concerned, okay? Now notice what it says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus. Now, it is understood that he had what is called apostolic authority. Part of what gave him apostolic authority was the fact that he had walked with Jesus, had been taught directly by Jesus. He had seen Jesus. He had had relationship with the resurrected Lord. If nobody else in the New Testament could be identified as as an apostle, it is certainly Peter. All right. So Peter is saying, I am writing. Dismissive to the pilgrims who are scattered or to the my Jewish brothers and sisters who are scattered. Now, I want you to understand, remember that. Paul dealt with the Gentiles generally. Peter dealt with the Jews generally. So he is writing to those Jewish brothers and sisters who have been uh, spread out throughout what is known as the diaspora. Okay, Asia Minor, northern Africa, things of that sort. And he is writing them. and, And notice how he says this. He says elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and sanctification of the Spirit for the obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, watch that. In verse 2, check this out. You see Trinity in full effect. Trinity is in full effect. God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. You got Trinity in full effect right here in verse two. We see the Trinity. Okay, now let's let's unpack some because I want you to understand how this movement is happening as far as this this text is concerned. Let's look at the concept of elect. That basically when it says elected according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, here's how I want to bless you when it comes to elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the father, God foreknows, God foreknew that anybody who says yes to God, basically through Jesus Christ is considered to be elect. Now, this is what I want you to understand, because he Peter is beginning with a wonderful Word of encouragement to those Christians as far as Asia, Asia Minor is concerned. He is letting them know that they have been elected by God, not by chance, not by any type of human motive or design, but they have been elected based upon the foreknowledge of the sovereign God. It is a choice that God has made. Now, that's good news. This is a choice that God has made, all right? And and, and God in making this choice reminds us that our salvation, that even though we say yes to Jesus, God has already chosen us as far as that yes is concerned. So anyone who answers the call or says yes to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are considered to be the elect. Okay? Now, let's press even further because it gets better. He says, elected to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit. The sanctifying work of the Spirit has set apart the elect to serve. All right? So, what does sanctification mean? Sanctification basically means that we are being purified. We are being made better. The process, my brothers and sisters, of sanctification is what we call in today's term discipleship. That is, we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We are being sanctified. We are being made better. The Robert Scott definition of sanctification is I may not be what I should be, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. There ought to be some sense of improvement betterment enhancement as far as I walk with God in other words you, you can't say that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ and get worse there ought to be some improvement so in sanctification of the spirit then check this out and the result of the spirit's work is obedience, and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Obedience. In other words, we are submitting ourselves to the movement of the spirit of God to obey God. Why? Because we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, which means we are set apart from the world, from the culture. Let me say that again. We are set apart from the world, and from the culture. Let me say that one more time for the Holy Ghost. We are set apart because of the blood of Jesus from the world, from the culture, which means that we ought to be obeying or being submissive to the word of God, okay? That comes through Christ Jesus, all right? So these words here, really lay out a wonderful opportunity for the Jewish Christians who have been spread out throughout Asia Minor to know that God had them on God's mind. I don't know about anybody else, but y'all, that's good news. God had them on, on God's mind. Let me say that again. I don't know about anybody else, but that is good, good news all right now the shout for me as far as this movement is concerned is that you and i are god's people we have been chosen we are part of the kingdom god foreknew us we are being sanctified that means we are set apart for a divine assignment we are set apart for a holy purpose we're set apart that means that god has something specific for you to do, okay? We've been sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, which means, beloved, we are no longer our own. We belong to somebody else. In other words, we have what? Been redeemed, we have been redeemed. So notice what it says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. What a greeting. What a greeting, grace and peace be multiplied. Just, you, in other words, just oozing with grace, <laughs> oozing with the peace of God. Uh, uh, he is saying because you have been foreknown by God and you're sanctified by the spirit and you, you are obeying the word of God because you've been covered by the blood, that basically you ought to have grace and peace in abundance, in abundance, in abundance. So let's continue to work because it gets even better. So check this out. When he says, blessed be the God uh, and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That right there, verse three, is a sermon in and of itself. Okay, this 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 is that one verse is a sermon in and of itself. Here here is Peter encouraging anyone who is reading this letter to remind them that now that you've been born again, you got something major. You you got a future inheritance Um, uh, and and it's going to come to pass because of what has happened in verse two, because you've been foreknown. By God, you've been sanctified, you are obeying, and you've been covered by the blood. So because of that, God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, abundant mercy, God in his mercy, giving us something we don't deserve, God in his mercy, withholding judgment that we do deserve, has given us, New life, new birth. There is nothing you and I have done to earn new life, new birth. Okay? So it's a living hope. Not a dead hope. It's a living hope. Okay? It's a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead the only way that we have this abundant mercy that is connected to a living hope is because jesus got up from the dead all right our assurance ain't based upon anything we have done it is based upon the fact that god Raise Jesus Christ from the dead. And because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, we no longer live as other folks who don't believe in the resurrection. We live as those who know that the resurrection is real. That's the living hope. And because it's a living hope, guess what? It's more than hope. It's sure. It's certainty. It's real. As opposed to something that is deceptive and empty and false. Okay, Think about it. In today's culture, we've been seeing on the news lately this thing called QAnon. And the unfortunate reality about QAnon is that QAnon has given a dead hope, a false hope, a deceptive hope, a empty hope that they they were hoping that donald trump would still be president that's a empty hope they they, they somebody was deceiving a whole group of people in this country that, that that joe joe biden would not become president that's why they stormed the capitol they stormed the capitol on a false hope on a lie And the world will cause you to do some things that will put you in jeopardy. But when it comes to the living hope, we have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And that living hope means that we have an inheritance that cannot be corrupted by this world. It cannot be spoiled. It cannot rotten like Uh, leaving a banana out too long. It will not fade in color. Okay? Our inheritance can not perish. It's a living hope. In other words, we can enjoy the benefits of the inheritance that's not going to fade away, that's reserved for us in heaven, we can enjoy knowing that we got it coming in the here and now. Okay? All right. Now, watch this. Not only is our inheritance incorruptible, not only is our inheritance um cannot... Be taken away or cannot fade away. Not, not, not only is our inheritance reserved in heaven for us, but it's being kept by the power of God. It's 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 it it is being kept. That word kept is is a military term that that refers to. Uh, an army within a city. Okay. So, so basically, our inheritance is kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be re- revealed at the last time. So, this is what I want y'all to understand. What greater hope could be given to those? who are undergoing persecution than the knowledge that God's power guards them from the inside to preserve you and I for an inheritance of salvation that will be completely revealed in the presence of God. You and I have a salvation in the here and now, but we won't realize all that salvation means until we see God face to face. Okay? In other words, we know, yes, we're saved. We know, yes, God loves us. We know, yes, heaven is our home. But we don't even begin to understand all the implications of what it means to be saved, what it means to have salvation until we come into the very glory of God. Okay? So so that's that's why that's why Peter says, so that's why you should be rejoicing even though you're going through some trouble right now. Now, I'm getting ready to drop some major stuff on you in verse 6. That I really hope bless you because the problem with a lot of people is that we think once we get saved, once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, once we say yes to God, that everything is going to be all right. That we won't have any problems, any trials, any tribulations, that it's going to be uh, peaches and cream, Uh, it's going to be a bed of roses, but many of us that are watching this Uh, uh, broadcast right now, you know that the moment you said yes to God through Jesus Christ, it seemed like the devil started throwing everything at you, including the kitchen sink. Now, here's what I want you to understand. We're going to suffer because of some mistakes we make. But then also we got to suffer because we're now public enemy number one when it comes to the devil. All right. So this 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 what I want you to understand, this living hope, this living hope. Oh, I hope this I hope this bless you. Paul says in this you regret, you greatly rejoice. This living hope that is connected to our inheritance are to let you have joy in the here and now. Not when you die. But in the hearing now, right now at 1230, right now, right now, you should have joy. Why? Because watch this. Peter wants us to understand that we got to take the knowledge of our salvation. Take the knowledge of who we are. Take the knowledge that we've been sanctified by the, by the spirit. Take the knowledge that we are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Take the knowledge that we are in the word of God. We ought to take that knowledge. Watch this and put it into what? Practice. Put it into action. Because guess what? When you know better, you ought to do better. Now. Here's where I'm getting ready to drop on you that I hope will bless you because I'm getting ready to go deep, getting ready to go deep. Just knowing God and knowing the word does not produce the great joy of security and freedom from fear in the face of persecution. Let me say that again. I'm getting ready to mess you up. Just knowing God and knowing the word of God does not give you the security and the freedom when you're going through hell. Now, this this I'm I'm getting ready to mess you up. God's sovereignty, which is so powerful, it is all powerful, is always needs to be coupled with human responsibility. God is all powerful. God is sovereign. Uh, uh, Nobody can overturn God. Nobody can overthrow God. But here's what I want you to understand about God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty needs to be coupled with human responsibility. So here's here's where the rubber hits the road, because if you don't get nothing else today, this is what I want you to get. This basically means that we are responsible to respond and move in faith. So what does that mean? Faith turns sound doctrine or sound teaching into sound practice. If I say I got faith, but I don't act on the teaching, then I ain't really got faith. I'm just faking the phone. Faith acts on the content of good teaching and produces conduct that corresponds with the teaching. So what faith does, it makes our security become real. And when our security becomes real, this kind of faith or this living hope enables us, watch this, to rejoice even when we're catching hell. It allows for us to rejoice when we're suffering grief. It, it, it allows for us to still be able to praise God as we're going through the fire. Paul says that my joy is has to be independent of my circumstances. Not that I don't deny my circumstances. Yes, I'm catching trouble. Yes, might be sick. Yes, things might not be right at home. Yes, catching hell on the job. Yes, you, you got all kinds of stuff, but your joy as a Christian ain't dependent on the stuff that you're dealing with. Your joy as a Christian has to be dependent upon your relationship with the God that gives you joy. Cause, 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 Cause guess what? Cause guess what? Here's here, verse six in this. You greatly rejoice though. Now for a little while, little while, little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials for a little while. In other words, it ain't long. It's temporary. It's temporary. And temporary grief should not, should not mess up your eternal joy. Because your joy should be rooted in Jesus Christ. Yeah, your, your joy should be rooted in in Jesus Christ. That, that's that's why that's 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 why we carry on when, when we sing that song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and what righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name on Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. That's it. So verse six and verse seven and verse eight and verse nine is really one compound complex sentence. Let me say that again. From verse six, seven, eight, nine, those four verses is one compound, complex sentence. Okay. in in other words, in other words, it it all goes together. It all goes together. In other words, uh, uh, Peter is saying uh, uh, greatly rejoice. for a little while, if need be, you're going to go through some various trials that the genuineness of your faith, being more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor and glory to the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, watch this, the various trials, the various trials, the various trials that he's talking about here. In this text, refers to persecution because of your faith that's what it refers to persecution because of your faith all right persecution because of your faith you know it's some stuff that we call trial that ain't no trial she looked at me funny that that ain't no trial he didn't respond to my Facebook post that that, that, that ain't no trial. You know stuff that we call trials, tribulation, really. Now these people back then were dying because they made an allegiance to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You know, all right. So so we're not just talking about life normal problems. We're talking about what happens when you say yes to God through Jesus Christ and. And, and people start coming at you because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And, and notice, what, notice, notice what Peter says. Peter says, these trials, these persecutions that you're going through right now are going to do two things. Number one, it's going to refine your faith. Faith that ain't being tested ain't faith. It's going to refine your faith. It's going to refine your faith. It's going to refine your faith like gold that goes through the fire. when the dross is removed, mm. so it's going to refine your faith, number one, and then number two is going to prove your faith. Mm. Okay. See, see when you're persecuted for the sake of the gospel, your faith has to be refined because then when your faith is refined, then that means you got to focus. You, you got to focus. When your faith is refined, you got to focus. And then when your faith is proven, it strengthens you. Because then you get to the point when you're going through persecution for the sake of the gospel. Then you realize that when push comes to shove, you ain't got nobody else to trust but God. And and watch what happens, because when your faith has been tested and when your faith has been proven. It elicits praise, honor and glory, because you now see who Jesus Christ really is. See, when, when real faith. Brings praise, glory and honor to Jesus, because when you go through persecution for the sake of the gospel, you really get to see who Jesus Christ really is. In other words. It is no longer intellectual. It's experiential. It is no longer head knowledge. It's heart. It ain't something that you just read in a book that gives you data. It's now you know that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. And, and when you know that, you can't help but give praise, glory, and honor to him because guess what? He has been revealed to you on a deeper level. Now, now now, now here 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 is the here is the 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 apex of this joy. And that's, that's in verse eight, the apex of this joy is the mere fact that God brought all of this into being because of Jesus Christ. So when you and I are able to move in faith, not based upon what I want to call data or information, but on the person and the being of Jesus Christ, it does something to you. As a matter of fact, uh, Peter, Peter began to just really get worked up, messed up, as he talked about this love, uh, this belief in Jesus. Because Peter realized what he had done, and 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 you notice in verse eight, whom you, whom having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him. He's talking to a people who have never laid their eyes on him, unlike him, yet believing that you will rejoice inexpressible and full of joy. Remember, Jesus said to the disciples when Thomas wanted to see the nail prints in his hands and the cut in his side, and when he appeared to those disciples that day, Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet still believe. None of us that I'm talking to have seen Jesus in the flesh, but we believe he is who he says he is according to his word. And we're filled with inexpressible joy. And so we can rejoice because in verse nine, we are receiving the end of our faith. For those who love and believe in Jesus Christ, salvation is past, present, and future. Salvation in the past, he gave us a new birth. Told you that in verse three, salvation is present through faith. Our, Our inheritance is being kept by God. It's the future. It is an inheritance that's going to be revealed at the last day. So salvation for us is past, present, and future. It it encompasses for us all of time. And then it crosses over into eternity. But if I could give you just a little bit more theology, your salvation was predicted and predicated and worked out before you ever popped up on the scene. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and close this thing out. Of the salvation the prophets have inquired and searched for carefully. Paul, not Paul, Peter is saying that this salvation, this new birth, does not only come from our future inheritance and our present experience, but it is also from the faith in God's word. And and, and Peter is saying that the prophets were writing in the past the word of God that was foretelling what Jesus Christ was going to do. Okay? Okay. And you think about it, I mean, when we hear Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Our mind goes to Jesus being what? The great shepherd. When we hear about uh, Isaiah uh, chapter chapter nine, where it says, and he shall be called wonderful counselor, ever, uh, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Our mind goes to who? Jesus. When we think about Isaiah fifty three, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We think about Jesus. So, so Peter is 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 letting us know that Jesus has been prophesied, his sufferings and his glories has already been foretold. He he picks this up in verses ten and eleven. He was saying that the spirit of Christ was working with those prophetic writers beforehand to foretell his suffering as well as his glory. Now, let me just drop this on you. Your prophet didn't fully understand all that the Holy Spirit was doing with them. That's why they saw through a glass darkly. Let me wrap this up. In verse 12, Peter sums this up by encouraging these Christians that the prophets uh, didn't quite understand what they were writing, but God was doing something with them. and 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 and, 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 and that their writings, their prophetic writings would ultimately be pointing to Jesus Christ. Because they were being prompted by the Holy Spirit, even though they did not quite understand what the Holy Spirit was doing. And what I want you all to understand as is, 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 is I drop this on you, that in the ultimate stages of our salvation, that one day we're going to experience glory in a wonderful and magnificent way. And and this is this is what messed me up when when Peter said things which angels desire to look into, that our salvation is so absolutely incredible and awe inspiring and amazing that the angels can't even quite comprehend. when the angels look at what God did to get us right, the angels like, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I, I, I didn't see that coming. What you think the prophets is going to do when we all get to heaven and, 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 and God started doing God's thing and, and prophets are going to be saying, we, we didn't know we would, doing all that we, we, we didn't we didn't can't, can't you see can't you see isaiah i didn't realize i was writing about jesus Can't you see shadrach meshach and Abednego when they were in the fiery furnace and when they're around the throne and said i didn't realize that fourth man was you jesus Can't you see Daniel, as He talked about that stone being hewed out of the out of the mountain, rolling down, crushing um, uh, the statues of Babylon. I didn't know he was the ancient of days. Yeah. Yeah, They they wrote about stuff. And they just thought they were writing about visions and musings, but did not even know that they were articulating in the spirit the movement of God through Jesus Christ that ultimately will be revealed to those people between 4 BC and 29 AD, that then they would take pen to parchment and do even further writings that now you and I are able to glean and grasp and apply and glorify. And guess what? There's more grace to come. Yeah, I think I'll stop right there. Yeah. We have um, one question, Pastor. All right. What's that question? Should suffering from God, be treated as a discipline. No. <laughs> Even though it is God discipline, it's up to God to d- determine what that is. We just have to deal with it and learn and grow from it. Because not all suffering is discipline. Yeah. yeah. Not all suffering is discipline. Let me say that again. Not all suffering is discipline. There are some things that we go through we know we brought on ourselves. Okay? Let me say that. There are some things we go through we brought on ourselves. And we know it. And so. When we talk about God, discipline it's just God letting us reap the repercussions of the actions that we've taken. OK, but there's some things you go through, there's persecution that you go through. that ain't got nothing to do with discipline. And that's what this that's what this text is talking about, being persecuted for the sake of the gospel. That's not discipline. That's strengthening. But listen, this wraps up our first lesson on on, um, 1 Peter. Um, As I look ahead, we'll be studying next week verses um, 13 through uh, 25. Um, um, And so if you would uh, read ahead and uh, we're looking forward to doing further unpacking. Uh, I ask that you all will lift up um, our brothers and sisters who are now getting vaccinated, even as 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 we speak and teach, um, we thank God again for this wonderful opportunity to try to make a difference in our community. And I just have to just give a major shout out uh, to our staff, uh, Karen and Elson, um, uh, our men of valor, the parking ministry. Uh, um uh, many of us we were here at about 5 6 o'clock this morning and um uh I know I got here about 602 and there were cars lining up already so it is my hope that we will continue to uh, make a difference as far as our community is concerned well listen if you want to sow into the work here at at St Paul uh you can do that you can, uh, bring a check uh, or cash or money order to the church. Call call the church before you come to make sure someone is here to receive your check. We're going to put it in the safe and make sure it's counted the following Sunday. Or you can mail your check or cash to 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. Or you can go online and give um, on our website or use the giving app called Givelify and give through that means. If you want to give for Bible study, just put it under uh TNT and it will be recorded. Uh, but but you can give to support the work that we're trying to do here. And um, of course, we got our um uh, uh we, we got a whole lot of branches that we're trying to bear fruit on. So uh thank you for your time and for your sharing. Let's close out uh in a word of prayer. I have been driving staff crazy this week uh, uh, to make this uh, a working reality. And we were able to do that. So uh, again, thank you all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close out. God, we come and we thank you for your salvation through Jesus Christ. And even though we appreciate it, we may not fully understand it, but God, we sure do thank you for it. And the glory is yet to be revealed what our salvation is ultimately all about. God, let us take what we have gleaned and gathered from this lesson, from this teaching and apply it to our lives. And you know how we should apply, Lord. I, I believe that you're revealing that we should apply it with a sense of having joy, even when we're persecuted for the sake of the gospel. Because what we're going through right now is temporary, but your joy is eternal. God, dismiss us from this time, but never from your presence. It is in the name of Jesus we pray and in his name we claim it done. Amen. Listen, take care of yourselves. I see someone ask a question. Do we need to make appointments with church for vaccines? No, you don't need to make an appointment. We only have 350 uh, vaccinations that we'll be giving. And so they will give those until it runs out. I hope that answers your your question. Uh, so, um, so yeah, but It's a long line, (laughs) I'll say that, it's a long line. Listen, I love you all, I miss you all immensely. God bless you, heaven smile upon you, be gracious to you. Check, uh, the Women of Worth are having their meeting on Saturday at 10 o'clock. For all our sisters that are online, chime in, check them out. Our um, Love Notes 3 is taking place on Saturday at seven o'clock. You don't wanna miss that for married couples and for those who think they wanna get married. Check that out. Uh, our team, Team Lee and Team Davis got some wonderful presenters that's going to be dropping some wonderful, wonderful insights as far as that's concerned. And then, of course, join us on Sunday morning for a Sunday morning live, as well as our worship experience um, at 1030. God bless you all. Have a smile upon you. I love you. I miss you. Wash your hands, wear your mask and um, practice Physical social distancing. God bless you all. See you all next week, uh, or definitely Sunday. Bye bye.